In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God. Amen. So in case you are listening to today's gospel and you're saying, man, it feels like we read this gospel a lot, okay, and, and it feels like we read this chapter a lot. Um, yeah, last week we were actually reading from John chapter 6, and here we are again in John chapter 6. And last week we kind of read uh, the aftermath of the miracle. Today we read about the miracle itself. Okay, in John chapter 6, the feeding of the 5,000. Um, and the beautiful thing is that we do these readings actually over and over again. Sometimes the temptation is when we've heard like a story or we've heard a passage in scripture that we kind of shut our minds off and we say, I kind of got that. I know how this story ends. I've heard it before. Um, but the beautiful thing about scripture, scripture is like an ocean. So there's never, oh, I got that. Okay, there's never, I have reached the end. Of, of understanding this passage or whatever it may be. Um, you can never know everything that there is to know about the Bible. And I don't even care if you have like a, you probably have met people that have like photographic memories. I'm definitely not one of them. But even if you do, it doesn't matter. You'll never get to the end of scripture. And the reason that we know that is because the church chooses readings that are sometimes repeated throughout the year. Um, but not every time we read the reading, it's within the same context, okay? So sometimes we can read a reading, it has a specific context, based on the other readings that surround it, and it kind of tells us what focus and themes um, we should focus on. So the one thing that stood out to me as I was uh, reading today's passage and the rest of the readings, the last verse of today's gospel. Anybody remember? The last verse of today's gospel. I know I'm testing your short-term memory here three seconds ago. The last verse of today's gospel. The people saw the signs, and they said something. What did they say? This truly is what? The prophet. Okay, I don't know who said that. Good job. The prophet. Good job. This is truly the prophet who has come into the world. And then in the Pauline today, we read about one specific figure, okay? And it was a, a character in Scripture that's kind of a strange figure in Scripture and has a funny name. Melchizedek. Very good. So we read about Melchizedek today in the Pauline. And then here we hear that the people are saying, this is the prophet who is to come into the world. So the context today, the context today, what the church is kind of showing us is that Jesus is the prophet, and we'll discuss why he's given that title. And Melchizedek was known for two things. What was Melchizedek known for? St. Paul compared him for two things to Jesus. Priest and king, right? Priest and king. So today, church is telling us to focus on Jesus as priest, prophet, and king. The reason that in today's gospel they refer to him as the prophet is because this was a reference to Moses. Okay, So Moses told the people, at some point there's going to be a prophet like me that's going to come after me. Okay, And the church is telling us Jesus is actually the culmination of that. He is the prophet that is to come into the world. And just like Moses fed the people in the wilderness, really through God, okay? But Moses fed the people through in the wilderness, Jesus feeds the people in the wilderness. And again, in terms of Jesus being priest and king, everything that is told about Melchizedek, St. Paul is taking and saying, actually, this was a foreshadowing. He's a type of Christ, okay? Um, and it's a good lesson for us in terms of how to read scripture overall. Basically, what the church is trying to kind of highlight for us today is that Jesus is the fulfillment of all those things. Every servant in the, in the Old Testament, especially like the, the ones that did what they were supposed to do, Jesus fulfills all of that. He is the prophet, he is the priest, and he is the king. Okay? There were a lot of 
good prophets, there are bad prophets. There is a lot of uh, priests, good ones and bad ones. Okay, here we just have good ones. Okay, there's bad ones and good ones. And then there was kings. The majority of them were terrible. Okay, in in, in the Old Testament. So it shows this. And and by the way, none of the the generally speaking, none of those roles overlapped. So it wasn't one person could be a king. Actually, a lot of Saul, for example, got in trouble because he wanted he was a king, but he also wanted to function as a priest. And God said, no, that's not the way that works. But in Jesus, they're all fulfilled completely, the priest, prophet, and king roles. So we're going to go through these titles quickly um, and kind of apply them to ourselves. Okay, so Jesus being the prophet, what was the prophet's job in the Old Testament? And even take like St. John, the Baptist. What, what, what is a prophet's job at the end of the day? Carrying the message of God. Perfect. He takes what God has given to him and he relays it to the people. Very simple, right? Jesus is called the prophet. Why? Not only is he carrying the message of God, he is the word of God. Okay, so there's a distinction there. He's not just like an ordinary prophet, but he's the prophet. A priest's job, and Jesus is called the high priest here in Hebrews. He's, what is the priest's job? His priest's job is to take a sacrifice and offer it to God on behalf of the people so that God and man are reconciled. Okay, and Jesus obviously fulfills that, like that's what we do here in the Eucharist. Jesus fulfills that completely, because not only is he the high priest, but he's actually the offering itself. Okay? And then he is the eternal king. Okay, and this one is, is an obvious one. He rules the universe, and he's paved the way for us to join him in the eternal life. The question I have for you is, okay, that's nice. Um, why does the church feel the need to teach us this? That Jesus is the prophet, the priest, and the king. Because on the surface, if you're thinking this is like, you know, intellectual exercise, like now you can go like impress your friends, okay, about your knowledge of Jesus being prophet, priest, and king. Maybe they'd be impressed. Maybe they think you're a nerd, whatever. But at the end of the day, that's not the goal, right? The goal isn't just like intellectual knowledge. I think in order to experience the healing of Christ, we must accept him fully as who he is, as priest, prophet, and king. Sometimes we like to choose one or two, leave one here, take one there. We like to kind of make our own picture of who Jesus is rather than accept Jesus for who he is, based on what Scripture tells us. Okay, And we all do it. We're all kind of victims of it, based on our own bias. For example, I love, like one of my favorite icons is the Good Shepherd. Okay, One of my favorite icons is the Good Shepherd. And the Good Shepherd is a beautiful analogy of who Jesus is. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. But I can't take Jesus as the Good Shepherd and then say, yeah, but in terms of him as, like, the teacher, no, I'm good. Like, I like good shepherd Jesus, but the teacher Jesus, uh, too much. Like, I don't want that, that part of it. Another example. Again, do I accept Jesus as the person who is guiding me and leading me and telling me this is the way to life and this is the way to death, and I accept that? Or I say, no, no, like, just give me, like, compassion Jesus. Like, I like, you know, kind, gentle, like, we don't like to look at the whole picture of who Jesus is, we like to pick and choose based on what I'm going through, okay? And if it's actually about another person, well, let me tell you about rules, Jesus, okay? Like, let me lay down the law for you. There's a danger to make Christ who we want him to be instead of taking Christ fully as who he is, okay? So we're going to go through these briefly, um, through these titles, and see how they can apply to us. And as we're listening to the, to the kind of the, the three different titles and how they apply to us, we can kind of sit back and say, okay, is there one of these that I'm maybe like kind of ignoring or, or setting aside that, you know what, I don't want to accept that part of who Jesus is. The first one we'll start with is the high priest. Jesus is the high priest. 
St. Paul in Hebrews, he says this about Jesus being the high priest. He says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Basically, what St. Paul is saying, if I can accept Jesus as the great high priest, it means that I can go to Jesus in my weakness, it means that I can go to Jesus in my filth, and I know that and believe 100%, have confidence 100% that he loves me. And not only does he love me, but he knows exactly what I'm going through. Okay, so he's not like this absent figure in my life. To say it another way, where I kind of see this sometimes. Some of us are unwilling to forgive ourselves for things that Jesus already forgave. Some of us are unwilling to forgive ourselves for things that Jesus already forgave. Like I can be sitting with someone in, in confession or whatever and I say, like, I did this and I can't just forgive myself. It's not your job. <laughs> your job isn't to forgive yourself. Your job is to accept forgiveness. So if we're going to harp on, I can't forgive myself, I can't forgive myself, I can't forgive myself, okay? You're going to be stuck right there. And Jesus is saying, I have forgiveness. You're like, no, but I can't forgive myself. That's not your role. You're going to take the place of God? Like, it's not your role. There's never a thing. There's never a time where we are too unclean for Jesus to go to him. If we're truly repentant and going to God and asking for forgiveness, there's never a time where God's saying, ah, that one is too much. Like, I've seen a lot... Like, imagine if Jesus is saying, like, I've seen a lot of sins, but this one is really unique. Like, like this sin, nah, it's too much. I can't forgive that one. That's not how God works. It's the same example as if you're, you're a parent with a kid, and your kid is like, let's say your kid is coming from home from school, and they're dirty, okay, and they're gross, okay, and you don't know what they did at school, and it looks like they just rolled in mud, okay, and they came back to you from school, and it looks like they're just dirty and whatever, and you're like, you know, I usually would accept you in the house, but this, unacceptable. Sorry, you have to sleep in the street tonight. Like, that would never happen. Like, we would say that's ludicrous. That doesn't make any sense, okay? For most normal parents, okay? I'm just saying. Like, that would never happen. So, for us, it's the same thing when we come to Christ. And it's not saying that we live in filth and we're happy with the filth. No. But if I come with a repentant heart, I have to accept the forgiveness that Christ has to offer. That's his role. That's, that's what he wants to do. So that's the first thing. And this is why it's really important, by the way, that we're practicing the sacrament of repentance and confession. Because this is where we experience that firsthand. The second thing is Jesus is, is Christ as the prophet. And like we said earlier, prophet is the one who speaks the words of God to people, and Jesus himself is the word of God. Sometimes the words that Christ has to speak to me are words of comfort, and sometimes, if we're being honest, they are words of conviction. Okay, And we like one usually over the other. I must be willing to accept everything because the comfort is good when I'm down but if there's never correction then it's again a God that doesn't really care about me or care about my well-being imagine a parent that never corrects their child okay there's an art to correction okay not to like lead the, the person into despair but at the same time the correction is needed we all need correction and again when we fall into this is when we are picking and choosing what we want to hear from Jesus, and like we hear a message, and it hits us a certain way, and like, I don't know, and then we just like, no, let me read about this instead, or let me go this way instead. But if God is giving us a message, and especially if it's one of correction, we need to be willing to hear it. 
is the perfect example of, uh, you know, if a doctor tells you, you need to eat right and exercise, eat right and exercise, eat right and exercise, and you got one half of the equation down, you're like, doctor, I'm not, you know, the, still the heart issues and the cholesterol and whatever, like I'm really exercising. He's like, how's your eating? Like, no, no, but, but I'm like, I'm exercising, like, you know what I mean? Or, or vice versa. No, I'm eating really good. Well, how's the exercise? No, 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 I'm like, I'm eating. If we're picking and choosing, and the doctor's like, that's not what I prescribed, that's why you're not finding healing, then we shouldn't be surprised. And again, we can't do it on our own. We ask God for help. But the key here is to be willing to hear that voice. <clears throat> and that still small voice speaks to me in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's in my prayer time. Sometimes it's in my Bible reading time. Sometimes it's here at church. Sometimes it's I'm talking to someone. Okay, I'm serving. It could be like Christian, non-Christian, whatever. And God sends a message. And am I willing to hear that message? So we have Jesus as our priest who forgives us. Jesus is our prophet who teaches us and corrects us. And then the last one, Jesus is the king. This is a hard one. Because accepting Jesus as the king means that we're trusting. That no matter what I see with my eyes outside, or no matter what I see in my life, that he is still in control. And this is really hard for us to grasp sometimes. I'll, I'll speak for me. This is probably the hardest one to grasp sometimes. Because we see things and we see chaos. And the temptation is to say, where's God? Like, there's evil here, there's evil there, there's evil here, where's God? But God is there, and God is in control. And Jesus being king tells us that he's in control, and at the end of the story, we'll understand things a little bit more fully, but right now, things might not make 100% sense all the time. Life is a mystery. I, I've been saying that to a lot of people recently, <laughs> maybe they're getting annoyed with me, but... Like, why did this happen? Or what? Life's a mystery. I don't have every explanation for you. Like, most of our lives is just trusting in God and walking with God. We don't know every single thing and the purpose of why every single thing happens. I wish I was smart enough to dissect that for you. I am not. Okay? And, and truthfully, none of us are. The other aspect of God being king is that as children of God, we get the privilege of living in the palace of the king. What's the palace of the king? The church. The church is the palace of the king. That's the home of the king. I can't speak about finding healing with Christ apart from a relationship with him and a relationship with the church. The two go hand in hand. Because he is in the church. And he established the church. And this is why we're so big on like evangelism here. You're telling me you don't know one person. And like, let's say neighbor, co-worker, friend, whatever. You don't know one person that needs the healing of Christ in their life. We don't know one person that needs the healing of Christ in their life. And that's why we're saying, invite them to church. Invite them to church. Why? Is it a formula because it's magic? No. But because we believe that God is doing something special here. The church is there to nourish me. And the sacraments and the mysteries are keeping me united to God. What I love about today's readings, and I love the response of the people. Okay, the, the people, the response is, he is the prophet. Right? People's response is, he is the prophet. That was promised to us by Moses. He fed us in the wilderness. This is great. But they actually, if we keep reading, they don't accept him as the prophet. Because the job of the prophet, like we said earlier, was to teach the word of God. The job of the prophet was to teach the word of God. And he taught them. And he gave them the food. And then he said, actually, I am the bread of life. And he said, we're good. No, thank you. We don't want that. But today, the message for all of us is that for us to find healing... 
for us to find healing in our lives and to pass that healing on to others, we have to accept Jesus as these three things. We can't pick and choose. We can't say, I'll accept king, but I won't accept prophet. I love high priest, but no thank you on the the prophet for teaching us the word of God. Everything Christ does and everything about who Christ is is for us, not for himself. Christ isn't prophet because he benefits from that. Christ isn't priest because he, he be sure, no, he's not priest because he benefited from that. Okay, that on the cross. That's not why. If we can focus on who Christ is as priest, prophet, and king, and we can stay balanced in that way, then we know we're on the right path. I'm not saying we're going to be perfect, but we know we're on the right path. If I accept Jesus as priest, I know that there's forgiveness. That if I live that life of repentance and confession, I'm going and I'm seeking God, God is forgiving. I'm never too ashamed to come to God. And you know that those are usually the most powerful like confessions that I've experienced are when people are like almost, ah, like I don't really want to be here. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. But God wants you here. So don't worry. Like, accept the forgiveness. You can't say, I'm unwilling to forgive myself. It's not your job. Like, it sounds nice. It sounds like you're being, hum- like, it's not your job. It's not your job. So we have to accept Jesus as a priest. We have to accept Jesus as the prophet who teaches us what is right and what is wrong, what is life and what is death, and to accept him fully. And we have to accept him as our king, the one who opens up eternal life for us and says, live with me and live with me in the church and bring others to me so that they can live with me and experience me in that way. And glory be to God forever. Amen.